Welcome to the Instinctive Influencers Podcast, a show where influence becomes one of your tools for success. Now, here are your hosts, Brian Weber and Ed Haley. Hi, I'm Brian. And I am Ed. And this is the Instinctive Influencers Podcast. Ed, what's going on, brother? Another week, Brian. It's good. We're no. consistent. There's like three weeks in a row, right? I I think we're on a roll again. Maybe we got to, maybe we, we should start. Uh, so. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I better know. <laughs> well, next hey, week on weekend. So you you have a long weekend next weekend. Yeah, you know, hey, here in Europe, man, they make sure you get at least one three day a week. I mean, a month. And you know, before they made Juneteenth a, fo- a federal holiday, we didn't have one in June. So I had oh. the three day for Juneteenth. I have a four day next weekend. And then a four-day for the 4th of July. So I have a three-day work week next week. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> right now I'm jealous of you. That's okay, though. I, I mean, it's not like I'm working anyways. They don't have me doing anything. Yeah, see? So, yeah. Hey, I just saw – dude, I saw you went to Five Guys. Yes. Yeah. And so it was is, super random. <laughs> well, oh, like you guys just decided, hey, let's go here? I literally woke up from a nap and said, hey, let's go to Five Guys. <laughs> and Is uh, it as good? It's the exact same thing. Yeah. They do the I, I whole thing. Like, uh, yeah. you've, been, you've been to the one there, right? Well, I, I have, but I've only had their fries because, you know, I can't eat meat, so. Oh, you should just give it a try. No. <laughs> Whatever, man. You know better. <laughs> they do the same thing here, like, where they tell you where the potatoes, like, you know, I, we didn't look yesterday, but it might be like, oh, these potatoes, today's potatoes are from the Netherlands, or. Yeah, so they oh, do really? the same thing. Yeah, it's the same franchise, and. And so I only knew there was one until yesterday. And my wife's like, well, which one you want to go to? Because there's one in Frankfurt, Germany, Mannheim, and Heidelberg. And Heidelberg has like one of the most scenic areas. I, I love Heidelberg. There's a beautiful castle there. So I was like, well, let's just go to Heidelberg. It's like an hour and 15 minutes, I think, to go to Five Guys. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, but then we so, went shopping. I got a couple of little shirts for uh, for vacation. So I sent you a picture of that Lego Batman thing. It, did you get that? The it was the uh, the head the bust. Yeah, it's in route. <laughs> did you really? I, yeah. Man, I'm telling you, I'm kind of jealous. That's like I have a I have one of uh, Grogu and and uh, you know um, from uh, oh Star Wars, um, the Mandalorian. I'm sorry, my yeah. brain wasn't working. Yeah, yeah. Uh, late. I was up late last night. <clears throat> anyway, yeah. so but. I got that one. I was like, man, I really want to get that. And then I saw, I was, we were sitting there and I saw, um, they have one that's like this big of, you know, baby Yoda, Grogu, whatever you yeah. want. And I was like, man, I totally want to get that, but I got to find time. So, um, and, and people are probably, go ahead. You still have children, man. So it's easier to, to go buy some Lego when you don't have kids in the house. I have adults. So, I mean, my no, wife has, she has, uh, the Stormtrooper. She just ordered Vader and she just ordered the biker scout helmets. And then I have Venom, Batman, and I think that's it. But I, I do want Iron Man. He's on the list. No, it is not easier. You know why? Because you go to the store, you go to look for a Lego set, and instead you're like, I want this. And then your kid's pointing down to Lego Friends or uh, yeah. Lego Minecraft, and that's what they want. And you're like, oh, I got to buy that instead. I, so, you, no, it's not. You, just, you should see Tammy and I in the Lego store feeling up the minifigure packages to try to figure out which ones we need for our collection. <laughs> <laughs> you just, hey, when see people start staring, just say, it's for my kids. 
They don't have to know. No. no I just call the kid's not. name. Stevie, come here. Look at this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So people are probably sitting there, right? And they're watching us on YouTube because, you know, we're on YouTube now. And uh, they're like, who's that Simside Brian? What's our lighting guy? He, we brought him in. He's our lighting technician. No, I'm just joking. No, I'm joking. Uh, no. Thank you. Hey, the lights lights are on? Okay. Yeah. Are your lights on? Okay. No. Um, so, actually, what we're doing is we're doing an interview today, Ed. Um, this guy that I've known for a, a, about a year. Actually, almost a year, but it feels like Michelle and I were talking. Like, their family and our family, we've gotten pretty close. And uh, it feels like we've known him forever. But um, he just recently retired. And uh, nice. I retired right up there at uh, at Fort Carson because he was literally our houses were attached. So yeah. you know, I beat on the wall every once in a while to make sure he was alive. You know, everything was going. Uh, but this is uh, this is re- uh, this is Sergeant Major retired Thomas Bramer, um, and we're going to go over some things about him. But before we do that, we can't even let him talk until he answers our questions. Yet. And I told him we do this instinctive response thing. So. You want to fire off uh, your first question to him, so people get to know him. Yeah. Oh goodness. I, I, let's let's start fast and furious. Describe yourself as a teenager in three words. He said fast and furious. Didn't yeah, he? yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> out of con- I was out of control. Out of control. Uh, out of control. That was three words. It is three that words. Was, that was. Yeah, yeah, that was good. Yeah. yeah. All right. I, I, I'll I'll accept it. <laughs> okay. All right. Here's mine. Uh, name a time that you wanted to quit but didn't. Um. Oh goodness, goodness, goodness. Uh, a time I wanted to quit but I didn't. Um. Uh. I think uh, pursuing uh, higher education. Uh, I was I was uh, very. It was very challenging for me, uh, and uh, having the ability to to pursue higher education and finish and get my degree, uh, I really it was a it was a challenge. I, I would, I could you testify to that, Ed? Because I know oh, I yeah. can. Yeah, yeah, and I'm a king of procrastination too, so that makes it even worse. But <laughs> it is a challenge. Heck yeah! All right, Ed, what you got, man? Um, let's see here. Uh, you know, I, I love books, Brian. So name a book you have read that positively shaped you. Um, okay. Uh, let's see. A good one, uh, I would think. Uh, General Patton, Principles of Life and Leadership. I think I have that. I, I, I know I have it. It's probably right here. <laughs> no, I, yeah, no. So Ed is, and it's probably oh, not I down know. there. Is it? No, it's not down there. No, it's in it's in my room on, on my desk because I have yeah. I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Ed is a huge Patton. His dog's name is Patton. Like really, I who did I, you meet no. last year, Ed, or the year before? Who was it? At a sustainment ball, I met his granddaughter two years ago. My goodness, yep. yeah, she's she, there in Germany, right? Yeah, well, she's the curator for the 101st Museum in Belgium at Bastogne. Yeah, that's his yeah. granddaughter's oh. there. Yeah, yeah, amazing. Yeah, yeah it was Pat, awesome. Patton, that's. We're going to do a show completely about Patton. We haven't done it yet. We're trying wow. to plan it. But Ed, like as soon as you said something about Patton, I guarantee he's like, he got all tingly inside. He's like, ooh, Patton, you know? <laughs> so, well, I, so the funny thing is, Brian, so the last two things we talked about, right? Education 
and then now Patton. And my paper to finish my bachelor was examining the leadership philosophy of Patton, Rommel, and mm-hmm. Montgomery. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 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 Actually, wow. I want you to send that to me so I can read it. Man. I'd like to read yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. That was a good, that was a good, uh, good question. Um, Hey, who would play you in a movie in your real uh, life? Basically a movie about your real life. Who would play you in a movie? Oh my goodness. An actor. Yeah. Just any actor. Really not good with actors. (laughs) Uh, Tom Hanks. I thought Ed Harris, but. (laughs) And I'll show my. I don't know who Ed Harris is. is that, I'll show you Ed Harris later. Is, yeah, that, yeah, the, yeah. is that the guy that played on uh, The Rock? I Wait, what movie is it? He was in The Rock. <laughs> he was the bad guy. Yeah, the bad guy yeah. in The Rock against Nicholas see, Cage. I can see Ed Harris. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ed Harris. Is he yeah. from Married with Children? The dad? Oh, no, 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 that's, no, no. that's Al Ed O'Neill. Uh, Ed O'Neill. Okay. Yeah. So I'm horrible with actors. I usually am too, yeah. but you just hit on all my favorite shows. So, <laughs> yeah, 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 oh yeah. yeah. So I'm going to go off That's the beaten it, path, Brian, and I'm going to draw on his lengthy military experience and ask him what was his favorite duty station and why. I had a blast in Germany, so Germany was my first duty station. Um, that's not necessarily the reason why it's. Uh, my favorite. Uh, there, there were many reasons. So I, I love history. Um, and going and, and, and learning culture and, and just, you know, Jeremy's landlocked. I, I believe there's nine countries that border it, uh, having the ability to, to travel and learn the different cultures, uh, while I was there. Uh, I, I was able to, uh, I met my spouse in Germany and, uh, learned how to uh, speak the, the German language. Um, and then just there was a, there was a camaraderie that, that I built with it being my first duty station. Um, that's what uh, set the foundation for who I became as a leader throughout, throughout the military. I had great leaders at that first duty station. They pointed me in the right direction and, and uh, it was very, uh, very uh, humbling experience, and yeah, I love that yeah. place. Well, I know Ed does too, and he doesn't I, want to leave. I will never leave unless they make me. But Brian, I just want you to know that the twelfth cab wants you. <laughs> oh yeah, do they? Yeah, I they need bro. you. I will be. I will be there in a heartbeat. I got to finish this little this little thing I got going on here, though. Yeah. Like, <laughs> all right, hey. So I'm a huge I'm a huge superheroes fan, and I know you've been watching this new show Manifest, and you kind of got into it pretty good on Netflix. So the question is, it's kind of connected as if you had one superpower, what would it be? If I had a superpower. So I don't know if this, uh, uh, you know, I kind of like, I don't know if you consider time travel a superpower. I think so. But but I'm a history guy and, you know, going back and having the ability to travel back and, and, and live in, in, in the past would be something that, would be interesting to me. I, I think it's, I think it's a superpower. Yeah, just yeah. be careful where you land. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love Germany. Wrong, don't go to the wrong years. Okay? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Be you careful go. there. <laughs> what you got, Ed? Uh, man, I got so caught up in his answer to the last one. Um, 
Okay. Influential childhood memory. Um, I would say, and this is kind of off the wall, uh, Pete Rose hit his 4,192. Oh, Oh, what's going on with the camera here? There we go. Yeah, we got to fix. All right, now we're good. All right. I'm a sports bluff guy, you know. Uh, I like sports. So I I, I think, you know, uh, Pete Rose, I'm from Cincinnati. Uh, He's (laughs) like a – He's trying to answer my next question, and I don't need it yet. <laughs> so Pete Rose hitting what now? He hit. Uh, so he he was the hit. The he's the hit uh, champion, basically. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. Know? So uh, being able to uh, live in the city where he hit his four thousand one hundred and ninety second hit, I believe was the record. Um, but yeah. to to you know, he was a childhood mm-hmm. hero and. And the entire city, that's what we talked about for uh, the, for, for, for years, okay. for years. And, I mean, we still talk about it be, because, you know, uh, there's some say he should be in the Hall of Fame. No, he should be. I, I, I'm not yeah. going to disagree there. And so he pretty, I'm pretty sure he just answered my next question. So, really, the only answer I want to hear is, uh, from this is, uh, is Tom Brady. So, your oh, favorite goodness. athlete. Oh my goodness! My favorite athlete, <laughs> anybody um, but. No, no, you know better, Ed. <laughs> Icky it, Woods. No. So I, I like Icky, and <laughs> the thing is, I I'm like, wow, it's, it's I could go up. so many places with this. Yeah, well, it depends on the sport. It depends. Like, there's lots of things. Like, I have athletes across different sports, and I'm like, ah, you can't compare them. But yeah, I mean, I still go to Tom Brady every time. So, well, the thing is, is it, uh, well, hmm. I don't know what the thing is. The thing is, it's not Tom Brady. That's what I know. <laughs> so he's killing me, bro. I like uh, him we every time he answers a question. question each. Yeah, yeah, it seems yeah. like it. So yeah. we each have one more question, Ed. Not All Tom right. Brady. Yeah, see? He says his favorite is anybody but Tom. There you go. Yeah. He went this. to Michigan. I can't, even believe I'm, I can't even believe I'm friends with this guy. No. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Um, what you got, brother? Most influential band. <laughs> so don't, don't I will tell you, don't ever make a bet with him uh, and say you don't have that CD. This dude will run it. So there we are. Uh, I'm not going to say what the bet was, but anyways, it was a, in. He says, "Oh, I got that CD. We were at we were at our buddy Omar's house. Omar's probably going to listen to this because you know he's a good friend of ours, and." He says, yeah, I got his CD. And I say, no, you don't. I bet, blah, blah, blah. Sure enough, dude runs to his house, runs back, and he brings me the, the All Eyes on Me Tupac CD. That's what it was. And I was like, no, he does not have this. He had this CD, Ed. So, anyways, your question was. <laughs> See, I forgot the question already. Yeah. Most influential band, but we got lots of stories to tell. Uh, influential uh, means it had an impact on me. Yeah, right? absolutely. Oh my goodness. Um, <laughs> I listen to so much different music and genres. And uh, what did I? I grew up listening to the Beastie Boys. So we just listened to them the other we, night. We did because for me that you know, nineteen eighty six. Yeah, you know, that's when I started getting into music. And I wouldn't say it was influential, but 
uh, it's it's kind of like the foundation of where I started off at. So, um, I don't know what's going on with this camera. I don't know it's what's going on. Crazy. Crazy. You can still hear us though, right, Ed? Yeah, we yeah, go. Go. See, I don't know. It keeps switching on. Maybe I'll have to. We'll have to switch things up. We'll see what happens. Anyway, um, so last question uh, for this part of it, and then we'll jump into like we'll just talk a little bit. Okay. If you get it, if you. If you could have any three people, dead or alive, over for dinner, who would those three people be? Okay. Um, any three people. So I, I think um, we talked about Patton earlier. I, I would love to have conversation. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, I, 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 hey, uh, Lost my brother recently. Um, I would definitely like to have him over uh, for a dinner. Um, it's just one of those things. Uh, and then maybe like uh, on the on the influential presidents like JFK or FDR. Yeah, just you know, can I see what was on their brains at the time. See what was on their brains. You know, yeah. the decisions they had to make. Um, what they were going through, what our country is going through during those times, very challenging. Yeah. And, and all the tough decisions that they're faced with. And uh, that would just be a great uh, opportunity to sit the table with them and, and yeah. pick their brain. Yeah. yeah. We've, we, I mean, and we've had different, we've had different answers over the time. It's like, it seems like there's not, I mean, I think you put, you said Patton in yours when we did it to each other. Yeah. However, I think that, um, yeah, we've had a numerous amount of names that have come up for this that question, and I always enjoy I always enjoy that one because it makes you wonder, like, what would the conversation, how would it go, or would it just turn into like a just a few people just sitting around having a good time, you know? So, all right, um, so that that was instinctive response. Uh, that's the segment <laughs> where we try to get to know somebody before we actually get to know them. So what we're gonna do is uh, we're gonna go. I'm gonna I'm gonna go through his bio here. I actually. I have it on my phone there for you, uh, though you do. Uh, I'm going to go through the brief highlights uh, that are listening. That way, because we're actually going to talk about different things with it. So t- Sergeant Major Thomas Bramer uh, was born in Cincinnati, Ohio in 1978, which means he's older than me, but still younger than you, Ed. So hmm, there's that. Still young. Yeah, thanks, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> he listed in the United States. Guy. Yeah, I, like really good friends. Who needs enemies when you have me, right? Um, yeah. He enlisted in the United States Army in August of 1996, uh, attended basic training and advanced individual training at Fort Sill, Oklahoma. You ever been there, Ed? You ever been to Fort Sill? I've spent some time there. <laughs> yep. Yep. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. For basic yeah. and AIT. We'll get into that later. <laughs> Same. Yeah. Same as me. Okay. Yeah. Excellent. All right. So his military education includes uh, the primary leadership development course, which – that would have been something that we would have done back in the day, Ed, the PLDC, yeah. which we've PLDC. talked about, a, a leadership course. It's very similar to that. Yeah. It's BLC now, so they changed that over the years. Also, Combat Lifesaver course, Master Driver course, Advanced Leadership course, which is ALC, uh, Unit Movement Officers course, Senior Leaders course, Observer Controller Academy, uh, master resilience trainer, uh, battle staff, first sergeant pre uh, pre command course. Man, I hate those ones. Uh, the United States Army Sergeant Majors <laughs> Academy. 
And that's, that's, I mean, those are just the courses in general. Uh, and then the civilian education, and he is an associate degree in applied science and management studies from Excelsior College in Albany, New York. Uh, and it, I'm not going to go through everywhere he's been, uh, but he's been to a lot of places. Ed, before we get started, you mentioned some stuff. Did you want to bring that up again to the, the listeners about like where he's been and stuff? Well, I mean, we, we've been you in some of the same question, kind of footprints. Was? Would I ask him? You yeah. You remind me, Brian. <laughs> I did. I don't, I don't, I think you asked him if he, he was, no, you, you said something about, uh, this is before we started recording uh, about, uh, him being at drum when you were there or something like that, or not drum. No. So, cause we you were feel ourselves. He went, a, he went a drum, but the, yeah, yeah. But the unit that I was in and the unit that I went to Haiti with were both at drum, but then they deactivated. And so when they, I guess maybe he was in one seven field oh, artillery, yeah. which would have meant that they restood them back up. I was in two seven deployed with one seven. Then they became two fifteen and one fifteen, I think, uh, at drum. So they probably reactivated them. Okay. So same, yeah, same lineage, different location. Got you, got you. Okay, yeah, yeah that I think I think that makes sense. Right. Um, so yeah. <laughs> well, let's let's just back things up. We're gonna back things up, and we uh, we'll look at. Uh, so you're born in Cincinnati, Ohio, yeah. right? You spent your whole life there until you joined. I did. Um, uh, yeah. So born and raised in Cincinnati, Ohio. Um, uh, did a little bit of uh, traveling uh, towards Tennessee. I, uh, my father's mm-hmm. uh, family is from Tennessee. So really, uh, Where yeah, Speedwell, Tennessee. It's up in yeah. It's to the Eastern side of the Rocky Smoky Mountains over there, uh, the Cumberland Gap area. Um, oh, nice. I know where they're coming. I know where they're coming. Yeah, Gap no. Area. So I grew up. I grew up in East Tennessee. So yeah. for, for a few years. Okay, it makes sense. So you you basically you grew up mm-hmm. in the Cincinnati Ohio area. So there's a there's a dish that's popular for the Cincinnati area. What's that called? So uh, there's a couple, but I think the big one we're known for is our chili and. I think spaghetti. Yeah, so you have chili spaghetti. You have you have skyline. You skyline, have, that's the one. Yeah. Have you ever had skyline chili, Ed? No, no, but I'm Ed? interested. No, okay, <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. So there's three separate I'm ones, interested. and they all have their own recipe, but they're all they're they're all uh, from Cincinnati. One Cincinnati recipe. One's called Gold Star, and one is called Skyline. And yeah. um. You can eat them a variety of different ways. Uh, you can a lot of a lot of Cincinnatians uh, choose to create what's called a five way. So it's it's total five toppings. You've got your spaghetti, you've got your chili, you got your cheese, you got onions and crackers. Maybe oh I think goodness. it's the is the is the fifth piece of no, it's beans. <laughs> no. It's beans. So uh, you just add some hot sauce and crackers for a little extra oomph. So there'll be seven ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, if you nice. if you added the cracker and the the the, the uh, hot sauce, but yeah, so that's uh, that's popular food in the area. Yeah, there's some others. I like bringing up food because we're like Ed and I are both foodies, and obviously, Ed, I will tell you after yesterday, I'm going to be very cautious of where I eat because <laughs> this guy takes me to a Mexican restaurant, and we get this this plate comes out. Ed, I'm not joking. It's like it's it's. This big, it's huge. <laughs> Food just piled up everywhere. I ate the whole thing, and I probably shouldn't have hurt my. I mean, my stomach was hurting. I, I mean, 
And then they had this, so I had a uh, chilerion on it and then an enchilada on it. And the enchilada, the guy says, you want the the mild or the spicy hot, the, the, the hot stuff on it? I said, give me the spicy. No. I'm sitting there, bro, sweat coming down my face. It was dripping off my nose at one point. And I, I look over him and he's <laughs> laughing at me because I'm dying of all this food that we ate. And he said he kept looking at his food, his plate, saying, I don't know if I get it. And he just kept eating too. It was amazing. Oh, yeah. Great place. What's the name of the joint? It's called La Posta. Mm. La Posta. La Posta in Old Mesilla? Old Mesilla, New Mexico. Yeah. About uh, about an hour north of El Paso in Fort yeah. Bliss. Yeah, beautiful drive out there, man. We go through this area of, it was pecan, pecan trees, right? Uh, pecan trees, yeah. yeah. And they cover, it covers, at one yeah. point, it covers the road. So you feel like you're going through a tunnel of trees. Beautiful. I can't wait to take my motorcycle over there at some point. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Hey, did you have any yeah, questions for him before I, get, I keep look, asking him amazing. stuff, buddy? No. Uh, oh, she no, took pictures? I don't think so. Let me think. Yeah, no. Oh. Yeah, your wife put up some pictures on social media. They look pretty awesome. Yeah. Just oh, I'm going to you, I'm gonna have to look because I didn't even know. a long night. Yeah. She probably just posted them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You were having a long night when she We were discussing them. the show last night, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, so <laughs> yeah, we sat down in the gym <laughs> or the garage and I wiped. Yeah, we did a staff meeting. You were, once again, you missed our staff meeting, Ed, and I'm tired of you missing these. I'm not, Your pay's going to get good meetings. Soon, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I know. No. Um, so let's fast forward a little bit. So we talked about childhood. We talked about some food in the area. You joined the Army straight out of high school? I did. I did. So, um, I actually uh, enlisted in the Army Delay Entry Program in mm-hmm. October of 1995. Okay. Um, so did that, completed uh, completed high school, and then straight out of high school uh, in August of 1996, uh, went to Fort Sill, Oklahoma, uh, alone and uh, ready to challenge the world. <laughs> alone and ready. <laughs> so. Uh, a lot of people join for different reasons, right? So, uh, like mine, I was trying to get away from the lifestyle I live in or whatever. Ed, I think it was probably the same thing. Why do you, why, what kind same of thing. was the reason behind it, the original joining? It, you know, it, yeah, we'll just echo that, yeah, right? Yeah. So, uh, wanted to face the world, wanted to uh, challenge myself to, uh, to uh, a different experience, mm-hmm. you know, and at the end of the day, so, uh, I did decent in high school, but I didn't set goals for, you know, going straight to college out of mm-hmm. high school. Yep. Um, and I enlisted in the military in 11th grade. Yeah. So that was my, that was my goal at that time was, all right, um, I'm going to pursue serving, uh, serving in my country. And yeah, that was, that was the goal that I wanted to achieve at that time. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't think it so much of serving. I was just like, man, I, I need to find something to do because I decided I'm not going to school. <laughs> Ed, you got anything, brother? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of the same thing. I think all of us, you know, we wanted to do something. I knew I needed to get out of Maryland, and it was a way out of Maryland. And Fort Sill just offered me that that gateway. <laughs> There's definitely days <laughs> sleeping in the rain <laughs> that I questioned that decision. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But, and for those of you listening, yeah. so previously Ed Ed's Ed has a different job now, but previously he and 
he and Tom had the same job before. So that's, so there's a yeah. connection and that's, what's kind of cool uh, to know those things. Um, so let's, we'll go a little bit further. Um, you join, you're basic training. You said your first duty station was Germany. It was. How old were you when you first went to Germany? I was 18. <laughs> I could not. Can you imagine showing up there? Like, you know what you know now, Ed, right? Yeah. You know what it's like living in Germany. Can you imagine showing up there like that, you know, at 18 years old? No, I no, I cannot because the uh, ability to get in trouble for a single soldier at 18 in Germany is very, oh, very yeah. high. <laughs> yes. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It, you know, <laughs> but it, it was uh... – a humbling experience. So you, you fly <laughs> over 5,000 miles to a different country and you mm-hmm. to serve the United States. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I couldn't imagine. I mean, I, I mean, I, my first duty station was at Fort Campbell. So I stayed in the U S but then right after that, I went to Korea and I, I can understand. I can relate to that. That's good. So you went to Germany. Um, how long was it until you, from the time you joined until you became a sergeant, in the army. So became a sergeant in the army in September of 99. Uh, so just under three years. Okay. Okay. So, and that sounds about it. That's about the, the average. It seems like 36 months that we, mm-hmm. you put on this, cause you went to PLEC and stuff. Um, and were you just, just thrown right in the mix, put in charge of people. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And how old would you have been then? Uh, so 21 ish. Did you feel like you were ready to be in charge? Like you were 21 years old, learning how to live your life. You were ready to actually like take on that challenge at the time? I, you know, I, when I reflect back and I look at it, um, probably not. But I, I seen it as a an opportunity. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. So by that time, I'd already had uh, two operational deployments. Mm-hmm. Um to one to Bosnia and one to Kosovo. Um, and I, I was gaining the experience that I thought I needed in order to be a successful leader. That's, uh, I mean, and it's, it's crazy because we, well, Ed, you were a little bit older before you became a non-commissioned officer, correct? Yeah. Well, yeah, because I, I got out. So I ETS yeah. as a, as a specialist promotable. And then I came back in. So I was way, uh, way older. I was, 33 by the time I 33. Yeah. So you could definitely say there's a different mentality though, you know, as a young person, you know, taking on that leadership role, because it's not like those of you listening, like those who, who, uh, if you've been a part of the army or not, like you're taking on basically you're in, in, I'm not saying you're controlling the lives of people because we don't do that, but we're in charge of making sure that they get certain things done or that we assist them in areas that, we may not even have a clue. Yeah. It's like we got to do that. We got to research on this. Figure this part out. Do stuff. So to think of say, let's say Ed's life experiences. He's thirty three. Let's say versus twenty one. There's mm-hmm. a big difference of life experiences there. So it it can be it's challenging. And sometimes you think yeah. you're doing the right thing, and you don't even you, you learn from it. That's what it is. Absolutely. Yeah. So another unique thing, Brian, with him being a uh, 13 Bravo, right? So he's that young. So not only do you got to think he's got the soldiers, but when we go out to shoot in the field, his level of responsibility is because he's either the gunner or the assistant gunner if he's on a gun crew. 
So he's controlling where that round goes. If that if his section chief doesn't do his job, yeah. he can literally hurt somebody at that point as a young 23, 22-year-old sergeant. So on top of his responsibilities to motivate his soldiers to make them better, he's still got his real job mission uh, you know, to put uh, steel down on the target. So let's talk about, let's talk about that right there. Okay. Your job in itself. I mean, what did it consist of? Like as, as a uh, field artilleryman, what was that? Okay. So um, you start off as a cannon crew member, uh, that individual uh, <laughs> is, is strong back, right? Strong back. You're gonna, <laughs> we got hundred pound oh, rounds. Yeah. Just imagine, just yeah. imagine a, a, a small five, 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 six uh, round multiplied by uh, about five hundred, and you've yeah. got a you've yeah. got a projectile that we shoot out of a howitzer. Yeah. So if um, we were to say size wise, uh, it's one hundred fifty-five millimeters. One hundred fifty-five millimeters. So, so I'm, I'm not I'm not familiar with the metric system, so I kind of suck. Uh, it weighs about one hundred. <laughs> so depending on what type of round it is, yeah, uh, they can weigh up to one hundred pounds. Yeah. Uh, it looks just like a normal conventional five point five six round but on a grander scale. So at any given time you have a, a gunnery, because we talked, he said, he mentioned gunnery. Gunnery being, that's where we qualify with our weapon system, a large weapon system. Um, how much How much of those rounds are you chucking, like say per minute or per hour? I mean, would you think, because that's 100 pounds. It is. You're, you're picking up 100 pounds, you're tossing it in the in the weapon system. How, how many do you think you're doing within a time? Just give like a time frame and how many you would do during that time frame. So in a minute, you're trying to get about three or four out of that weapon system in a minute. That is very efficient. Three or four. That's three or 400 <laughs> pounds yeah. for a time of minute. I guarantee you, you're sweating your butt off. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, uh, that is continuous cycle. Yeah. You know? yeah. So our, our job is to support those, uh, you know, we're in the rear, so we've got our, our infantry and our other brothers up front, brothers right. and sisters, right. and and we know our job is out there to uh, suppress mm-hmm. the enemy so that we can engage yeah. Uh, yeah. the front line. So very important job. We him speak so military, like I suck at that. No, we no. just shape the battlefield. <laughs> uh, shaping the battlefield, <laughs> isn't it called the queen of the battle? Correct. Uh, the king, king of the battle. Okay, yeah. the, infantry, the infantry is the queen of the battle. Oh, no. see, so we have a lot of friends. Uh, Ed and I have a lot of friends. We, I, would you say, Ed, that in our in the academy work, it, it was probably half were thirteen series. I mean, there were, we had a lot there, of thirteen. There, there were a few series. thirteen series. Yeah, yeah. I mean, our yeah. commandant, our assistant commandant, um, and then my, uh, hey, and then we had Wright. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, our buddy uh, Wright. I mean, Harris, hopefully, Muscleman Harris. Yeah, we had a few. Yep, Laboy. Yeah. 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 All these scary guys. Oh. And and the reason I say it is like they were all I mean, other than Harris was a little he was a little thinner, but most of them were big dude like right his key, and I just mentioned this on Facebook the other day. Uh we were at uh who was it? Was that Sergeant Major Schroeder that, that said something about or no, it was one of the sergeant majors that said, Hey, deadlifts is how you get promoted. And right, yeah. like that's of a whole speech, the entire thing he heard, all he heard was deadlifts gets you promoted. Yeah. And he'd echo it all the time. <laughs> the guy could deadlift like 500 something pounds. I don't know, 600 yeah, pounds. Yeah, he used to he make me a, sick. Like, <laughs> oh, 
Unbelievable. But he's a so, 13 series. 13, he's a 13 Bravo, correct? Yeah. So Harris can be smaller because, so like myself, when I was artillery, I was 105 millimeter, much smaller round. So Harris mm, probably, I, came up, he probably came up on the little 105 millimeter. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, so let's let's back it up again. We got, we got three years in. We're now a non-commissioned officer in charge of people. How many years in were you when you finally went to the Sergeant Majors Academy? At Sergeant Major Academy, uh, I was in 19 years. 19 years. In that 19, that – so from three years in, nineteen years. So I say that's uh, that's what sixteen. I can do math a little bit. Yeah, uh, sixteen years. That sixteen year span. Yep. Were you always in a leadership position? Um, uh, I did have. Uh, I I wouldn't call a, a break. Um, right. I I did uh, what's called ACRC. Um, so this is where we train our active duty. Reserve component soldiers to right. get mobilized. Um, I did that for two years, and I wasn't necessarily uh, in charge of a section or a squad, right, or a platoon. I was more working in the operations section. So okay, I had a small component of three or four soldiers that, that assisted me. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily call it a leadership role. Yeah, well, I mean. I, I kind of see that if you have three or four soldiers that are working with you, I mean, you're still leading, you're mentoring and stuff like that. So, right. I mean, to me, and that's what, you know, the point of the part is, is I look at it is like you come, you're doing this from the time you're 21 until basically all the way up, even until you retire now, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. where you're, you're constantly leading, mentoring, shaping and molding people. And it's it the challenge it is, but also like reflecting back, like you say, uh, it's what you learn from it, you know, like what we learn and Ed talking, Ed and I, we talk about lifelong learning a lot. Um, that's one of our big things that we like to discuss. Um, what are some of the like maybe possibly key facts or key areas that you would say, hey, you know what? Through those years, I really learned X, Y or Z type thing. Right. So um, ever since being an NCO sergeant, um, until the time of attending the Sergeant Major Academy, I, I kind of looked for uh, a, a direction. Uh, let's let me just go ahead and deep dive. So uh, <laughs> deep diving for me. So uh, what made me me is basically uh, I asked myself questions. Uh, the questions being, what have I seen? Uh, what experience have I had that? That had an impact on me that I think is important yeah. uh, for success. Um, and then uh, how can I achieve that or share that message across the force? Right, right, right. Right. Um, so this is where I dig a little bit deeper into my philosophy. Right. My command philosophy. Like, uh, what are my morals? What, you know, where did I grow up and what do I think is important to me and combine that with my experience of what I've seen in the military and how do I think that combining those together will enable success of that next soldier in line. So mm-hmm. my motto being as an NCO, uh, as a leader, uh, always mentoring down to that, mm-hmm. that junior level and, and working myself out of a job. Working, per se. Yeah. And right. we're going to get more into that. Yeah. The working yourself out of a job thing. Uh, I think we've kind of, 
Ed, do you anything else you want to ask him about, like, say, about his history and stuff before we dive into this leadership philosophy piece? No, I, I think we're good because, again, like I kind of understand the artillery thing and kind of where he came from. Yeah. And, and re- honestly, I mean, I was I came in in 91. He came in 96. So there's a five-year difference. But I feel like we came up in kind of the same time in that regiment. So maybe some of our foundation was probably very similar. I mean, in those days, you were still getting, like, smoked. Like, when we say smoked, not 10 push-ups. We're talking about <laughs> smoke until you could barely stand back up so there was still stuff stuff today that would be hazing but we came up being that's how they dealt with us when we did wrong or i mean i can tell you tom i I was a field soldier i i I could do advanced party i could bring the gun in almost zero mils every time but my chief could not wait to get me to the field because i couldn't stay out of trouble in garrison because i like to sleep in the room or a humvee on the line or in the doghouse where we kept our tools so (laughs) Uh, but, yeah, I think we came up kind of in the same-ish era. era. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. So I dealt with many of many of those soldiers. Yeah. <laughs> no, hey, so I, 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 I was that soldier, too. <laughs> we all were. Yes, we all were. And then we realized, oh, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. And it's funny, too, because, like, he says that about, like, that, that one, we all seen that soldier, and then you'll see a down the road you run into another soldier down the road the same guy and you're like wow what a difference this guy is and it's like you know because there's something i could have done to help him or is there somebody something he learned that i could learn you know it's Mm -hmm. it's always amazing but one of the key reasons for this interview is so tom and i we as we were neighbors i said i have whiteboard a whiteboard up in my uh in my garage and we've had multiple like philosophy slash leadership talks a lot of things like that (laughs) And we would draw things up on the whiteboard. Actually, he did a lot of drawing. I did a lot of listening. Um, and what I wanted to bring up was because he he keeps telling me about like, hey, leadership philosophy, leadership philosophy. You know, and I have I have built one over the years, and I have one. I've had one. I've had one on my, and it's very similar to the one that you sent me. Uh, I didn't print it off. I have it on my on my phone. Um, but I wanted to dive into the whole leadership philosophy thing, right? Um, and let's talk about uh, developing and then spreading it and then, you know, the influence, you know, through verbal and actions. So right off the bat, what is a leadership philosophy, do you think? So for me, a leadership philosophy is a foundation as a leader or mm-hmm. uh, uh, individual that is mentoring soldiers. Um, it is a foundation that you can use that they can remember uh like points to success. Right. 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 Um, so taking, uh, and asking myself questions, um, what's important to me, what experiences have I seen that have made my subordinates or my other leaders successful, Mm -hmm. uh, taking that, combining it together and coming up with something, uh, simple that, that, that young, uh, soldiers can comprehend. uh, That's not, you know, it's going to en- enable their success down the road. But to me, that's a philosophy. It's a, a overarching. Um, lost for words right now, but it's, <laughs> we always it, do, right? It's yeah. yeah, it's overarching, and and it just holistically comes together uh, by allowing them to uh, remember what what their priorities should be, and able to enable their success. Well, that leads me to the next question, though. Is- why is it important to have one? It's important to have a philosophy because it provides you as the leader uh, 
the ability to to mentor that soldier, right? So Mm -hmm. having a philosophy, nesting a philosophy with your commander, um, from my perspective, is is very important. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's important so that you guys are preaching, not preaching, so you guys are saying the same thing. And you're not sending mixed messages to to the soldiers, um, you know, from day one in the door as a command team, as a, you know, even as a platoon sergeant with a young platoon leader. Right. Uh, getting in there, having conversation with a platoon leader, understanding what his priorities are, understanding what your priorities are, and seeing the commonalities that you have and putting mm-hmm. that together. Right. Um, to achieve the o- overarching goal of, of the commander uh, by having a philosophy um that 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 will assist mm-hmm. you a lot. You know? you know, I've I've uh since being you know in over the years, I've only found that a couple a couple people, less than a handful for me. I don't know about you, Ed, and you could probably t- talk okay. on it too. Only a couple people have actually like presented such a thing to me where I actually understood where they were coming from. And and it and, and I guess that, that leads us into developing in a sense. But like I understood like, okay, this these are the things that are important. You said nesting, nesting meaning, hey, we're, uh, you know, your philosophy is one, mine's another, we bring it together and that way we kind of lead the same way because, I mean, you're, you're a command team, you're not a, a command individual. That's why they call it the command team. Um, so if we were to say developing it, what, what was it, what was some of the key aspects that led you to develop your leadership philosophy? Uh, so I've mentioned it a couple of times already. Um, a couple of the aspects was my morals. Where did I come from? What did, what was important to mm-hmm. me growing mm-hmm. up as an individual prior to coming in the military? I think that, um, I think that that having that foundation of what's important to me, uh, throughout my life and what's ethically right. Right. Um, had a lot to do with that, but then becoming a young sergeant and, and experiencing mm. uh, what I had learned in that three-year period and combining that together with my, my morals and my foundation allowed me to create my philosophy on what I thought uh, was important mm-hmm. to myself right. and also enable success to the, to the junior soldier. Absolutely. Ed, you ever, uh, you ever developed your own uh, philosophy yet or anything or put something down before? So I I, I kind of have an idea of what mine would be. So I don't know if you remember, Brian, but we had a SAR major when we were together in the aviation, SAR Major Mancini. And yeah, Sergeant major he's Mancini, here. Oh, no, no, he's at Carson. So SAR Major Mancini had an NCOPD one time, and he had all of us in there. And I, I don't remember if it was only the, the sergeants or was it like all the NCOs. But that was one of the things he talked about. He preached the importance of a leadership philosophy. And then he said, the next NCOPD, I'm going to call on you. And I want to know what your leadership philosophy is. And then we never had another NCOPD. Or I left. I left to go to the academy. So, yes, I know oh. kind of an idea. But so I think that sometimes, you know, first of all, this, Tom said it perfect. I think a big piece of your leadership philosophy comes from your values, behaviors, beliefs, and the norms from your personal upbringing and then your military upbringing, <laughs> right? Coupled with that experience. 
So, I mean, I remember seeing really, yeah. I've had some NCOs and I'm like, I will not do that to my soldiers. And that's part of developing that philosophy Absolutely. is I'm not going to yeah. be a screamer. Yeah. I've never been a screamer in all these years. And and so some of that stuff and how you treat people, I think that that's part of my philosophy is trying to, tr- I, I really like to treat them more like they're not in a uniform unless they make me, you know what I mean? So I haven't written mm-hmm. one, but I was mm-hmm. just thinking I should sit down and write one. And it's crazy. Again, Going back to my paper I wrote, I wrote a paper on philosophy and leadership styles of these great leaders, but I've never wrote my own. And now I feel like I have failed. Yeah. No, 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 no. The thing is, is you probably lived your life a certain way. And, and you have, you know, because of all those experiences, it's just you haven't written it down. That's all. I, I mean, I definitely, I guess that's probably the reason why we, uh, we've done this project for a while now because I uh, enjoyed you know, doing these things. And that's what's, and that's exactly like where you, you kind of, you're shaking your heads like, I yeah, am. you know, I don't have to be a screamer. I don't have to, uh, I don't have to treat people bad. I can get people to do it through influence, that's you right. know, uh, mm-hmm. and to get things done. So we talk about developing, you, you said using your morals, your ethics, your values. Um, he, he used what we call VBBN. Um, that was <laughs> one of the things that we taught at the Academy. So when he's, I was just like, Oh, that is, Values, beliefs, what is it again? Values, values, beliefs, behaviors, and norms. Behaviors and norms. I couldn't get the behaviors part. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so we taught that. And I was like, here it goes again. It's like he's back on the podium and he's teaching us a class. <laughs> Thanks, Ed. Appreciate that, it. That definitely was in my paper, too. <laughs> and throwing out acronyms, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got to throw out acronyms. Oh, yeah. yeah. We, we try, so we try not to throw too many acronyms because we do have civilians who listen. Um, he has uh, family members that have gotten other friends that work with them. And then I know a few people that, and then I think a lot of our listeners are military uh, okay. individuals, but yeah. we're trying to relate to both. Um, but with that being said, so we say we're developing. Um, and my next, my next piece of it was, you know, spreading, spreading this, you know, uh, this philosophy that you've built. And obviously we're not trying to push something onto somebody, right? We're just trying to lead in a certain way. And then I, I'm, what I'm getting from it is, and I have one, I'm not saying, I, I'm, I'm trying to pose the question of how do I spread it to get the buy-in? Is that what, I mean, is that what we're looking for? We're looking for ownership or buy-in to the philosophy or that they're going to develop their own? Or, I mean, what are you thinking when you, when you are spreading your leadership philosophy? So when I'm spreading my leadership philosophy, um, I want, I want the soldier not necessarily to, to buy into it. I want them to understand what they should think uh, is important to the command team, you know. And and the whole time I would I would uh, I would uh, sh- share those beliefs. Um, I would be in front of the formation and I right. would say, look. Right. And, and, and I would deep dive my philosophy. Right. Um, but what I'm trying to get out of it is, is for that young individual to start, start questioning mm-hmm. what, what and where they came from, mm-hmm. what's important to them, and what do I need to be doing to be successful in my career. Exactly. That, that's that's what I was trying to get at when I when I would spread the philosophy. But it, it, what, you, what you're saying is, is it, it's constantly repeating the information, so it becomes like ingrained. Yeah, it's almost like second nature. I mean, so I had a really simple philosophy. Mm-hmm. Um, tell us what it is. I know what it is. Let's tell let's tell everybody what it is. 
All right. So uh, I use the acronym, but uh, there's a little story to it. So as a young, as a young uh, enlisted uh, sergeant or NCO, uh, sometimes, you know, in the military, we promote individuals based off of potential. Um, and you show the potential to be a leader. Uh, so they put some stripes on your chest and they say, hey, go be a leader. Mm-hmm. And that young soldier uh, hasn't came up with a philosophy and doesn't have the experience needed, uh, but they showed the potential. So um, I ask an individual, I say, um, you know, what is it? What What do you do if you take a, a whole bucket of paint and you throw it on the wall? What do you got? You got some abstract art going on. Right? right. Right. So that's how leadership is to me. So you take this individual uh, off the street, you get him a little bit of training, and then we put some chevrons in his chest and we throw some paint on the wall. And it's this beautiful abstract painting. Right. Right. So the acronym I came up with word was the word art, A-R-T. So leadership is art. Leadership, art. The leadership philosophy is art. That's right. So A-R-T stands for something. It does, right? So the, the A stands for the stands for accountability. Mm-hmm. It's two-folded. It's two-folded. You're accountable for your soldiers' actions, but most importantly, you're accountable for your own actions. Mm-hmm. So having that, that, that A right there, mm-hmm. hey, the A, I'm accountable. The R stands for reporting. Mm-hmm. So if I have the ability to report and communicate number one failure in the military, mm-hmm. then yeah. if I can do that, I'll be successful. Yes. And the last one was training and teamwork. So if I can train my squad and we can do it cohesively as a team, then I'll be successful mm-hmm. at mentoring and, and, and guiding my soldiers uh, to success. Right. So I just, I would talk to the soldiers about that in formation and any other opportunity uh, that I had with them. And I would just, you know, not really troubleshoot them, but, hey, what is the command team's philosophy? But before I would sit there and I would go and talk about it in front of all the soldiers, I had nested myself with the commander to ensure that we're talking the same thing. Right, right. Hey, sir, is accountability important to you? Mm-hmm. Is communication reporting mm-hmm. uh, important mm-hmm. to you? Is training and teamwork important yeah. to you? Because if I'm saying something different, then we're going we're gonna to talk the wrong message. Right. Absolutely. So my philosophy, I tried to keep it simple so that so that the, the junior soldier could could remember it as well. Yeah. And it, and it may help influence them throughout and help them, you know, uh, gain whatever knowledge that is needed to become leaders. But art, I mean, so we're talking accountability, reporting and training to me, Ed, aren't those like the three basic things that we always had to do as non-commissioned officers? I mean, yeah, it is. I, I thought, I think art is clever too, because it's an acronym and, you know, we ingrain our soldiers acronyms anyway. <laughs> so yep. it does. It's an easy uh, kind of learning tool. Look how fast you just spit that out. I'm sure you've heard it a few times though, but <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, you oh, just, I've, I've heard it a few times. Yeah. Yeah. So you just threw it right I've been out living there, it so. since I was a young E5. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, and, and so the thing is, is, um, he, it's kind of what helped me develop mine a little bit more in depth than what I had it before. It was just, to me, it was just topics, but now it, it like mine's action. Right. Um, I took some of the things he did and, and I'm not going to go in depth into mine. Maybe we'll talk about it, uh, when we do a, a, another show, because I really want to focus on what he had offered there. But to me, what it did was like, Oh, it could be as simple as a single word. And then you elaborate on those words. But it's developed through like 
our VBBN or just how we were raised or like how we feel life should be. Um, but not mean, you know what I mean? Like it's their meaning behind it is to help others is to help others become better. Right. Um, tip, cause if you think about if, you know, if I'm using, if I'm getting accountability, I'm helping others to make sure that they didn't take care of. Um, if I'm reporting everything that needs to be done, right. That's helping others. And then obviously training mm-hmm. like that's, is, that's, a, that's like one of our most primary things as not commissioned officers. We are the SMEs for training soldiers and when I say soldiers, that's all soldiers. But people don't realize is that's what that's what the non-commissioned officer in the United States Army's job is to do is to train all soldiers, officers and enlisted. You know, I mean, there's a reason why they put enlisted soldiers even at West Point to train officers too at the same time. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, so we talk about developing, we talk about uh, spreading, but. How do we, I mean, how do we really, because the, the third thing that we wanted to hit upon was influence. Because obviously, Instinctive Influences is the show, and we like to talk about influence. Um, and we wrote some stuff on the board last night. You and I did. We talked about, like, uh, ways to influence. What are some ways to influence that leadership philosophy, you think? <sighs> so that that is going to be your number one challenge as a leader. Right. Is, is getting, is getting... Uh, soldiers to want to follow you as Uh, right. mm -hmm. So we all, we all have got to, uh, you've got to show action basically. So you've got, you've got to show them, uh, what, what right looks like. Right. What do you got? Oh my up? goodness! Are you kidding me? <laughs> what do you got written up? Yeah, it's, did like you write the, it's like the newlywed game. We win. Did you? Did you just? Did you write that? Like while I we were talking, he was talking. Yeah, I was like, oh, when he when we first started talking about spreading and how to spread. <laughs> That's ridiculous. That's, I'm looking at you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then I glance at Ed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And like he's taking the words out of my mouth. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, so those of you who are listening and not watching, because you're not watching on YouTube. <laughs> Ed's sitting there, he's holding up a whiteboard, a little whiteboard that just says actions in big red letters. That's <laughs> that's something else, man. It's funny because he's it it but that's but that's how, that's if you think about it, that's how we've learned in the army as being <laughs> leaders and doing the things we've done. If you'd asked me that, if you did that, if we like you get goosebumps. Uh yeah, right. <laughs> if we if you'd have asked us that, like I was uh I think it was twenty Two twenty three. When I was became an NCO, you were twenty one. Ed, obviously, you're a little bit older, so I may be a little bit different for you in that manner. But if you'd asked me that same question, I, I wouldn't be able to answer it back then. I wouldn't know how to answer. Like, how do I influence people with this leadership? I don't know. I just do my thing. I tell people what to do or something, you know. And to me, that's the wrong answer. And it took me a while to learn. Right. right. Um, but you talked about you talked about actions, right? Right. So how do we influence others uh, to kind of embrace this leadership philosophy? Yeah. So you embrace it by living it yourself, living it. And that's the thing. Right. You know how many times I've heard that hey, you can't pre you got to practice what you preach. Right. I've heard it so many times. You know, you, you'll see somebody stand there. Maybe they stand in front of a formation and they say an X, Y, Z, but they're living ABC life. Right. Uh, versus. You see somebody who's standing there, they're, they're preaching ABC, and they're living the ABC life. The, and you can always tell, right? 
I mean, you ever notice that, Ed? Like, you can always mm-hmm. tell when somebody's actually living the life that they're preaching. This, or they're not preaching, but they're training the soldiers, the way they're mentoring them, things like that, man. Yeah, yeah, and it's aggravating because then you know behind closed doors that's not what they're – they're not doing it. They're talking it, but they're not doing mm-hmm. it. So uh, it's funny, too. So yeah. we're talking about, like, you know, about leading through your actions and stuff. So earlier this week I was on LinkedIn and I saw this quote, and I was like, I wonder how I could work this into the show. But it said, uh, become the kind of leader <laughs> – You're just going to plug it. <laughs> yeah, no, because it actually works out pretty good. Become the kind of leader that people would follow voluntarily even if you had no title or position. And so I think that's your philosophy is, is that tool that will help you gain that, like to get there, you know what I mean? So I I definitely was, I was determined that was getting into the show this week. (laughs) Oh man. I like that. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Even if you didn't have a position, if you could get people to follow you, no matter what that to me, that's a lot of, I mean, in a sense, that's a lot of power and I'm not saying being power hungry, but that's, that that's a level of influence that a lot of people want to reach, I think, yeah. because then you know you're actually making a change in somebody's life, and most likely for the good, right? They're, they're going to follow somebody who they want to be like, and things like that. Um, we talked about you know the influencing of of the uh, the actual leadership philosophy, but I actually, if you remember last night, I wrote a little question, and, and you may have seen it on there is how do we just? I mean, really. Let's boil this down. If we had the most junior guy in a formation listen to this uh, podcast, which I do, I do have a few soldiers. They somehow they found out I had a podcast. I I, I tried not to tell them about it, uh, but it, the word spread, and some of the guys, even from my last formation, they listened to us. But let's take that the most junior guy you can think of, right? That that private snuffy. Um, we we like to use private snuffy a lot on here. Uh, what's the other one? McGillicuddy. What's the, the other Schmuckatelli. one? Schmuckatelli, yeah, we love Schmuckatelli, yeah, poor Schmuckatelli. But if he, if if that Joe wanted to start developing their leadership philosophy, what would be the most basic of uh, advice you would want to give them to help starting to form their own leadership philosophy, so they can become a better leader down the road? So, really, I would tell them to reflect back and look at their foundation, what mm-hmm. is important to them, their values, beliefs, morals, as they grew up. Right. And we all, we all grew up in different parts of the United States. We have different cultures and, yeah. and backgrounds and things that are important to us. Right. Um, I would give them that advice um, to look at that and really study that and, and, and try to get the, you know, that, that, that should be their foundation is, yeah. is that and ask questions yeah. to themselves uh, on self-reflection. Um, hmm. that, that's a tough one. That's, and that's why I asked it. Cause I was like, you know, cause you think about it, if you want to boil something down, cause it, I mean, whenever you, uh, you're trying to do things, you want to kind of get to the root of something. And right. to me, what you're saying is what I'm getting from it is like, Hey, just take what you know is right. And then build off of that. Uh, and I, I like I would add into it like, hey, how are you going to help somebody else? You know, because I said it before on the show before we used to have, I used to have, he actually was a star major I worked for for a little while back at Carson. He always said to our formation, we had a formation of about three, 400 people. And he's, you know, he would say, hey, listen, if everybody in this formation did one good thing a day, that's three or 400 good things a day. Multiply that times 
you know, a year, you know, that's a lot of good things, you know, at the same time, it's like, so what's that one good thing that I'm going to do to help somebody else out? Not help myself, but help somebody else. And I think you could even base your leadership philosophy off that just a little bit. So take my beliefs, my values. My values, belief, behaviors, and norms. See, I, I got it, bro. I got it. <laughs> I remembered. You know, Rick's going to be happy to know that we're talking about this. So, yeah. <laughs> which we haven't brought him up. I want to wait. I've got this little tool coming. I'm side. I'm I, I'm like a squirrel. Um, I got this little tool coming that we're going to, I'm going to create some jingles where I can hit this button and you kind of just sit there and oh, no. laugh at it instead. Next but I'm going to create. Oh, what's that? We're going to the next level. Next level of podcasting. So we're, we used to do this. Uh, so we haven't done it in a while, but we used to do a, a fake advertisement, and it, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna create a new one. Um, but I don't want to do it until I get this new equipment. So, uh, but anyway, he definitely uh, Rick is one of those people, much like you, that help has helped both of us create what we actually. I would say almost say he's part of the birth child of this show. Because we've talked and talked and talked, and what Ed and I did is we we basically took all that stuff and we just kind of like bundled together and say, "Hey, here's a show that we wanted to start doing." Well, uh, I would definitely say, Ed, before we close this out, because once again, you have allowed us to go over an hour, Ed. I can't believe this. Am I the um, timekeeper too? Wait a minute. I don't. You got to be doing something here. I don't know. What's going on. <laughs> yeah, you, you missed the meetings um, last night, <laughs> midnight. Uh, so before we close this out, we, we end the show. Um, Ed, is there anything you want to ask or talk about in particular about this? So I had a little input into the helping the young soldiers. And uh, it goes to one of our messages that we always have on the show, Brian. I think we just need to convey to If we can convey to them that successful leaders never stop learning, look for those learning opportunities. And those learning opportunities yeah. will help develop who you're going to be as a leader. And it could be simple. I mean, honestly, Brian... Every week we do this podcast, we learn something new. We're, we've we've changed our leadership a little bit, just a little micro spec, but we've changed something prepping for these shows. And I think if we can get our young junior leaders and senior leaders, I mean, my captain and I have some pretty good conversations. I, and she, I've learned some stuff from her and she's learned from me. So those are things that we could do is just make them understand it. it you're never, if you're stopped learning, it's time for some serious self-reflection. If you think you've got nothing left to learn as a leader, self-reflection. Yeah. But that learning is what's going to drive who you become and how you get to be a retired SAR major, how you get to be a SAR major getting ready to start the academy yeah. or mass SAR, and how you get to be retiring in three years. That's how you get there, all <laughs> right, is, is that learning process. So that, that would be my big message to a junior soldier. Absolutely. I think that's, I think that's a great point it to kind of like add things off or kind of – Level it off. Um, yeah. So with that, I don't really have much more to ask of you, Tom. I thought it was a great, I, I was really, we're really thankful that you're here. And we, um, one of the other things is to say thank you for your service. Uh, it's crazy too, because he made this trip down here, Ed. And I was like, well, he's coming down here. We should have done this when I lived right next door of him. He drove, he drove <laughs> all the way. He drove all the way from Carson, 600 miles to do an interview. Can you believe that, Ed? Yeah. I know they were genius, yeah. <laughs> No. Um, no, they, they came down and they, they, they visited with us, stayed with us a little bit. And it was great because, like, it's like their kids are about the same age as our kids. So it, it's, it, 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 it's been an amazing relationship. And the sad thing is, is 
I wish we could get the whole McMahon crew, but the problem is I don't I don't have a, a button I can push to bleep people when they're talking. Sometimes. Oh yeah, because <laughs> you get us all together and it's oh my goodness, it's crazy. <laughs> it can get pretty. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not. It's just fun. It's fun. Ed, um, we're gonna end this off, man. But you know, you know, I mean, obviously we've been talking about all this stuff, but how can people, more people, learn about us or get to know us, man? Well, they can check us out on social media, Ryan, at 101 Influence on your Facebook, on the Gram, the Instagram. You can also find Brian and myself on Twitter. And then you can go to the Instinctive Influencers website, meet the faces and see the places. <laughs> There's not a lot of places they're going to see. No. What about that YouTube thing? Is that something new about YouTube? Yeah, or is that's there? why I forgot to say it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man, we're still figuring out the video piece, but uh, we will get it down, and you can check us out on YouTube, watch the, watch the show, and then you can see some of the interactions. You could have seen my sign today, I mean, if we you were on YouTube, so um, it would work out. And then also, one other thing, you know, today we're recording this, Brian, and so I take the opportunity to wish you gentlemen a happy Father's Day. I told and you I you wore, would do it. I wore this shirt just for you, Brian, so. Stronger than your dad? What's it say? Prettier, Prettier than, than your mom. mom. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I wore that just for you for Father's Day. Thank, so, thank you, buddy. Happy Father's Day to you, gentlemen. Yeah, happy Father's Day to you too, brother. Yeah, <laughs> heck yeah. And happy Father's Day to a lot of the guys out there that are listening, you know, or soon-to-be guys. That'd be cool. Yeah. Man, that's – hey, so I, I was going to jump back to it. When you grabbed the whiteboard, I didn't see you <laughs> grab it. I thought you grabbed a sword or something because I know you got like a bunch of swords and axes. Yeah. <laughs> and, like it's it's like he's on like melee militia over there in Germany. Um, but he is, yeah. There we go. Got, got another sword there. Got one behind him. I thought that's what he grabbed. And I was like, what is he gonna do now? What kind of prop is he gonna throw? That was Legos. What are, what, oh, <laughs> <laughs> dropped the whole thing of Legos. My no, PTSD medication. So, <laughs> yeah, no, and that's what I love about we're doing the video now is the video is allowing us to kind of we get to include props now. Like I, I like to bring out the old Crackle Cup. This is the academy that we work because I didn't get um, one. Uh, obviously, you can see the Batman. We got Batman. We, you know, we love our Batman. Uh, so we got a Batman cup. Yeah, you yeah. can get one. Um, so that's the kind of the cool thing about with the video. For those of you who are watching us, hey. Hit this as a subscribe button up there. Just hit subscribe, and then you'll be able to know when a new video comes out. Also, hey, give us a thumbs up because that kind of helps us. Uh, that helps open up for other people to see us. Remember, I mean, it's not like we're getting anything for this other than we're learning something new together, which I think that's probably one of the best things uh, that we have of it. Uh, and we're sharing information, and that's what's the great thing about it. This is a completely free show. It's not like there's not ads and stuff. We may have some ads, and you hear about uh, certain types of things. Uh, that we make up, but it's more for laughter than anything. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, hey, like and subscribe, uh, you know, all those different things. Hit the thumbs up. Uh, Ed, what do you got? Anything left before we close out the show, buddy? No, I also want to thank you because we recorded late enough in the day I don't have to cook dinner. My wife's cooking dinner. Another, That's another <laughs> win. <laughs> so what you're saying is, is this is the time that we need to record every Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> Another win. What's she making, buddy? Uh, yeah. she's, going, she's going quesadillas tonight. Quesadillas. quesadillas. Is, is yeah. Sarah coming over to eat with you guys? Sarah's probably passed out. She's, she, she, oh, came yeah, from the, she flew from the States yesterday. And uh, yeah, she's oh, probably. <laughs> no, next yeah. weekend. Actually, Friday night, we're going to Trier for 
adult beverages on the patio and dinner. It's like an old Roman Trier? city. They got an old Trier. They got a Roman gate there, and it's real nice. About an hour from here, real nice city. Oh no way! Town Square, yeah. Tom, I have to tell you about the town. The town squares here is something nice. that's in the states. Yeah. You just the old towns and ah, sit there and people yeah. watch and have a beverage. <laughs> hey, no, it's and it's funny because we were downstairs yesterday and um, we were talking about flea markets or swap meets here, and we wanted to try to go find some and stuff like that. We've tried to cram so much into, but I've also found us just sitting on the couch watching like TV. <laughs> Too. Yeah, and it's like, oh, we could be out doing stuff, but the air conditioner. I'd rather have this air conditioning. Yeah, it's too hot to want to do something. It's hot. Yeah, no, it's it's blazing here. We're cooking yeah. breakfast outside on the concrete today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> eggs, eggs. Yeah, you, you pick your own rocks out though. So, um, all right. So, hey, we're gonna close. We're gonna wrap this up, man. It was, hey, right. Thank you very much for listening, uh, Ed. Thanks for getting in on here and uh, knocking this out. Uh, with that, I am Brian, and I am Ed. And this has been the Instinctive Influences Podcast. We thank you so much for listening. Have a great day. All right. Be great. (laughs) Be great. Be a legend.